Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. I'm glad to be back this week. You just told us you didn't want to record. Like literally <laughs> two minutes ago, you told us you didn't want to talk to us. I didn't say... You- <laughs> I'm always glad to see you guys. I just might not always be enthusiastic about having to record. In fairness, you did did have a good reason for not wanting to record tonight. You're halfway through Stranger Things, a new season. I am hardcore binging Stranger Things. My two older kids are at band camp. My second to bottom kid is spending the night at grandma's house, which means all we have is a two-year-old, which means completely completely unfettered access to watching whatever potty mouth show I want to watch. And it doesn't matter because there's nobody around to say the words except my two-year-old, but he's also engrossed in YouTube. So yeah, (laughs) it's a valid reason. (laughs) It doesn't happen very often in my house. Has Eleven died yet? Uh, There there Tom goes trolling the listeners again with fake spoilers. We (laughs) We should just say... We should just go with it one time and act like we're really blowing something big for people. No, I can't be that person. I hate well, spoilers so much. But it's not a real spoiler because it's not real. But it's it's still mean. I don't like it. It's mean. Do you like it so far this season, Julia? I do like it so far this season. I don't know what's going to happen, and I like that. I loved this season. Eleven yeah, dies. They're all so... So can I tell you what I really love so much about it and take a little Stranger Things 3 digression is it is so the 80s. It's the 80s I remember the most. It's the malls, the old Gap logo, the clothing. I mean, like, it really feels, it really feels like the 80s. I loved the music this season. Yes, really good music. And a lot of, there's lots of throwbacks to the 80s in it. Not just the music, not just the clothes, but like at one point there's um, a character that stumbles in the same way Marty McFly does when he's trying to get his clothes on in the beginning of the first <laughs> one. I mean, like, it's like really good. Lots of Back 80s. to the Future references this season. Yes, a lot, a whole lot. So I'm totally digging it. For those of you Stranger Things fans, hey, I'm always up for a Stranger Things discussion. On the, the, kids, the kids, though, are like at that awkward phase where they're grown up but not like complete teenagers yet, and they're not they're cute so kids awkward. yet. They're, they're so, so awkward. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so... Well, I might be hardcore binging and kind of wish right now I was continuing to watch the show. I am very, very (laughs) excited, legit, to be back for this week for the entire month of July because, like we've said last week, we're redeeming ourselves with this month. And tonight we're talking about one of the greatest Christmas movies ever created. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I don't even care. Is it really, though? (laughs) 
This is our second run at this movie. It is so good. We are bringing it back for an encore episode because I can't talk enough Home Alone. This was the second movie we covered on the show originally. We had a good first month, didn't we? We did. We did. We threw. A, we, we went all in. We did. Well, we feel like we had to, right? We had to we establish ourselves. Some, yeah, we couldn't hit some hallmarks right out of the bat because people wouldn't have come we, <laughs> we started our podcast in August and we were brand new. We had to get some heavy hitting hitter movies yeah. out of the way. So we have some major networks that are getting in on the Christmas in July game as well. It was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that Elf was getting playtime all day long, that Home Alone was on TV. I mean, Hallmark's hitting it, but we expect that. Um, I like to see some of these bigger networks starting to get in on the Christmas game. Oh, yeah. Me too. We're in desperate need of it. We need a little Christmas. A fairy mammoth. You should save your singing for another episode. <laughs> there's, no, there's no end to this singing here. <laughs> the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. For all to which, hear. Which makes it inevitable we had to do a bad singing episode at some point, really. <laughs> so, Home Alone, 1990 movie. Most people know this movie, but just for posterity's sake. Let's do a brief synopsis of the movie. An eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his house from a pair of burglars when he's accidentally left home alone by his family during Christmas vacation. You know, you say not everyone knows, but judging from the box office of this film, I'm pretty sure everybody knows this movie. I'm always surprised at the movies people have not seen. Yeah, I know. Like, a co-worker has never seen The Princess Bride. (gasps) <gasps> had never seen the Harry Potter movies. And, and can I just say, he finished watching the Harry Potter movies, and you know what his critique was? What? It was, it was lazy writing, I think. And I was like, oh, son, do you see my cubicle and all of the stuff behind me? And I'm like, first, you need to read it, and then watch it. In, is he getting fired? <laughs> In his defense... In his defense, I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna try to justify that comment, but compared to the books, the movies yeah. do dumb down the plots a lot. Right. And that's why I told him you needed to read it. I'm like, you'll have a better appreciation for the movies if you read them. Yep. Because then absolutely. you'll have the gaps filled in. You'll be able to, you know, well, fill the Honestly, in. some of the stuff like they cut from those films, like I don't know how the average person who hasn't read the books followed the films just because they left a lot, like they relied on people's book knowledge for a lot of stuff. But yeah. anyway, we had to bring up Harry Potter tonight because Chris Columbus, John Williams connection. Well, there you go. So let's leap into it with that. Let's go through quick stats on the movie. We've done this before, so we're not going to dig as deeply into this one, but we have to mention a few very important people. Um, so Chris Columbus, not only has he done Home Alone? But he has also directed some pretty awesome other movies. We have two Harry Potter credits to his name, Chamber of Secrets and the Sorcerer's Stone. We have Stepmom, which is one of my favorite sob story movies. I really love that one. That Mrs. movie Daphne. wrecks me every time I watch it, Stepmom. It is. It's every time. Is have it actually it? a good movie, or is this going to be like a hereditary thing where I watch it and it's awful at the end? 
It's a it's good actually movie. a good movie. Meh, you should you see it. Can't trust you. And, and the house is in my town that I live in. <gasps> is it really? It Have is. we talked about this before? I don't even care. I, is it really? I think I think we probably talked about it on the first Home Alone podcast where we mentioned oh gosh, stuff. I don't remember that. That house is beautiful. He's also known for Adventures in Babysitting, which was I always thought a fun movie. It came out in 1987. Um, and so that's just his director's credits. Can we talk for a second about his writer credits? He was a screenplay writer for The Goonies, one of my favorite movies. Um, and also, and I thought this was interesting, um, announced he's also being credited with the characters for the upcoming Goonies 2. Have y'all heard about this? What's Goonies? I have. Oh, I j- mm. is Tom trolling or does he really not know? I know what it is. I've never seen it. You've never seen Goonies? Mm -mm. Tom, let me tell you, it's one of the most overhyped movies. It's a good movie, but it's so overhyped. I don't get, like, the love people have for that movie. I love that movie. Most people do. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Josh Brolin. It's got baby, it's got baby Samwise Gamgee in it. And baby Thanos. Baby Bob. It does have baby Thanos in it. (laughs) It's a great movie. You should watch it. Thanos um, is a, the most misunderstood character. Is he? Tom's trolling game is on fire tonight, guys. I haven't seen anything with Thanos either. I don't really know anything. Oh my god! Like the people don't like him. Literally nothing. <laughs> Not I've seen Home Alone. I've seen Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> he did the homework. He saw this movie. <laughs> we keep diver- <laughs> uh, also. Christmas fame. Um, he also wrote Gremlins and is being credited with the characters of Gremlins Three. So the eighties is back. Wait, Gremlins How many Three resurrecting Gremlins no. Three announced. Wait, and Chris Columbus Day. wrote Gremlins or directed Gremlins? Who directed Gremlins? Chris Columbus wrote Gremlins and did not direct it. Wait, so Chris Columbus is responsible for that amazing speech about... I can't even think about that speech without laughing. Her father getting stuck in the chimney. <laughs> <Stuck in Sydney. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Pretty great. Pretty great. Um, <laughs> he also wrote the screenplay for Christmas with the Cranks. And he has producing credits. Probably the most credits he has is producing credits. The guy loves Christmas, um, as we've seen. Um, he has a producer credit to Prisoner of Azkaban as well, so we can actually add three Harry Potter credits to his name. So this guy is, I mean, he's I'm pretty sure he's there. on uh, all the Harry Potter films as a producer. He did produce Jingle All the Way, produced The Help, love that movie, has a lot of interactions with the Percy Jackson series, which I also thought was quite good, although I didn't read the books, but the movies are pretty entertaining. I love and and the Christmas Chronicles, which we all quite enjoyed this past year. Don't lump all. You didn't hate it, (laughs) and I'm sorry. That's a win when it comes to Netflix movies. It seems. Okay, I'll 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 give you that. So, writing credits to this movie go to the great John Hughes. Um, you will know John Hughes for I don't know everything awesome, including. Mr. Mom, 16 Candles, National Lampoon's Vacation, 
which is not as good as Christmas Vacation, but I got to mention it because it's National Lampoon's. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science, National Lampoon's European Vacation, The Breakfast Club, if you've ever heard of that movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is covered by the podcast just a few months ago, Uncle Buck, love it, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and The Great Outdoors, one of my favorite 80s movies of all time. (laughs) Also, Carly Sue. Beethoven, loved that movie. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Beethoven's so good. I loved Beethoven. It is. It is good. Uh, Home Alone 3, we don't talk about that one. Made in Manhattan, I quite like that movie. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) We'll eventually get to that one. We're not sure when. Um, Which means we'll probably also get to Home Alone, The Holiday Heist, which didn't even make it out of TV land. That was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) needless to say um john hughes is a name everybody knows um and he's synonymous with 80s and 90s which means to me he's synonymous with my childhood so i am very very happy that he had a hand in this movie as far as cast goes macaulay culkin this is what made him famous plays kevin McAllister the main character. Um, And the two bad guys are played by Joe Pesci, who's Harry, and Daniel Stern, who's Marv. I'm going to argue two of the greatest villains ever in a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to argue two of the worst villains ever in Christmas history. These guys were terrible. I'm going to argue two of the best villains, but also two of the most incompetent villains. They were so incompetent. That's what makes them good. Also incompetent, you could argue, are the parents. Kevin McAllister's parents in this movie are played by John Hurd, who plays his dad, and Catherine O'Hara, who plays his mom, Kate. I Um, wouldn't argue that they're incompetent. I would say they're incompetent. (laughs) (laughs) They do forget this boy at home a lot. Like, a lot. (laughs) Really, more than once would be a lot, but they managed to do it twice, at least. We'll, we'll get into other mistakes they made when we get into Other this mistakes they made. <laughs> <laughs> um, bulk of the movie is taken up by those characters alone. Really, it's mostly Kevin, Marv, and Harry. Um, but I have to mention, since we are talking about an 80s, 90s movie that had John Hughes involved, John Candy plays a cameo in this movie as a clarinet-playing um, polka king. <laughs> Gus Polinski. Um, I loved seeing him in his little bit in this movie. It's one of my favorite cute little parts. Um, and I really love knowing that a bunch of that stuff was ad-libbed between him and yeah. Catherine O'Hara. That was amazing. This movie also stars, um, you don't see him much, but he does have a big hand in Kevin McAllister's Linus moment. Um, Roberts Blossom plays the character of Marley, which I love that his name was Marley. Marley mm-hmm. and Marley. Old man Marley, who uh, seems to be super. <laughs> oh, yes. It's like a preview to something special coming up. <laughs> That'll be in my head for days now. <laughs> Anytime y'all do that. <laughs> um, old man Marley plays kind of a terrifying character at first to Kevin, and then he ends up becoming really endeared to him. And he's part of the scenes in this movie that have the greatest music, because we cannot talk about this movie without giving a good holler to um, John Williams, who is responsible for the score 
um, it's a funny mix of Harry Potter and Christmas. <laughs> and it gives yeah. me all the Christmassy Harry Potter feels every time I watch this movie. <laughs> That's fair. The, ma- the main theme especially is totally very like... Oh, it's Christmas. Know. Yeah, Christmas. It is. It's- and Christmas, yeah. Well, we it mentioned is. last week in the Elf episode, like every movie we're covering this month has that iconic main theme. Like all mm-hmm. four of these we're covering. They do. Which part of the reason that makes all these movies so great. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much emotion that's built up in these movies yep. with me specifically. 100%. Just because you mentioned his name is Marley, I did want to, I meant to bring this up on the podcast last week or two weeks ago. Remember when we were, I don't even know which episode it was, maybe it was a while ago now, but we said there were, we were joking how there should be a Christmas carol from Belle's perspective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently there is. One of our British listeners, my friend Rebecca, who I went to school with, texted, I listened to your episode, and there actually is a version of A Christmas Carol that's told from Belle's perspective. What? Oh my gosh. My phone is charging now, but I will get the name and post it on social media. It's a movie. Let's just put it on the list. I really want to see that. That's that's an intriguing concept. Also, (laughs) we're not as as clever and creative as we think we are. No. (laughs) Just goes to show there's no original ideas in Hollywood anymore. (laughs) This movie takes place almost entirely in Kevin McAllister's house, which is gorgeous, by the way. Um, Basics of the story is he's bullied on by his entire family, all 15 kids or however many there are. But primarily Buzz, the jerkiest brother that ever lived. And even his jerkiest uncle that ever lived also is just like, totally bullying him in the beginning of this movie he feels left out he feels picked on which he is and it all culminates in him getting in trouble for something that was an accident and him getting sent to the attic to sleep for the night he's come across incompetent parenting number one in this film (laughs) where they punish this kid for an accident and for being like bullied by his siblings yeah Hardcore. They're terrible. They're so mean to him. And I mean, he's uh, not just a sibling. That, but... Let's look at the uncle. The uncle is just one of the, I mean, he's terrible. The uncle reminds me of like Todd Packer, whom I hated on the office, but he get, yes. gives me those vibes completely. Just the way he acts. Yeah. Except instead of sleazy, he's just cheap. So he gets sent to the attic to sleep. He gets in trouble and he basically tells his mom, I wish none of y'all existed. Right? Like I don't need family. He says hurtful things to his mom. His mom kind of says hurtful things back. You know, maybe you'll get your wish and we won't be here. Where he talks about everyone in this family hates me. His mom says, then you should ask Santa for a new family. And he says, I don't want another another family. I don't want any family. Families suck. Yeah, that one. He used the S word. And Did the bad word in my house. And then uh, Kate McAllister has a little uh, premonition. She's prophetic here where she says, you f- you'll feel pretty sad that... Uh, I hope you don't mean it. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up in the morning and you don't have a family. And he, of course, says... Makes me wonder if they planned this thing. Oh, (laughs) we're uncovering the dark side of Kevin's parents. Makes me wonder. (laughs) She at least had the idea in her head. Or devious. (laughs) Um, And then we have Magical Wind as he's sleeping, which we've talked about Magical Wind. It's very important Christmas movies. I mean, something's happening, you know, that we need to pay attention to. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Catherine O'Hara, though. Catherine O'Hara, you talk about the 80s and 90s. She's this oh, yeah. 
quintessential mom in all these films, right? The mom in Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. I, I love her. She's so she is so funny, and she she's plays such a good. Yeah, I love her edge, and uh, I mentioned it in episode three. And I converted a listener to be a fan of the show, so I'm going to mention it again in the hopes I convert more. Check out Shit's Creek, starring her and Eugene Levy, because it is one of the funniest and underrated shows on TV. Absolutely they, not. I tried it, and it was awful. And <laughs> they have an awesome Christmas episode. So. Ooh, I'll have to cover it. Christine and I tried multiple episodes of Shit's Creek, and man, no. All right. So we have... Magical wind that knocks the power out overnight, which is what leads to the McAllisters sleeping in, and then the mad dash to the airport in which they miscount, and they count the neighbor kid, which is one of the kids from the original Overboard movie with Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, by the way, which I also love. Um, That's a good movie. Is a great movie. They miscount thinking they've got Kevin. They don't actually have Kevin. They have the great Christmas music score scene where they're running through the airport and it's it's just so john williams and wonderful and home alone and they get on the plane and then we go back to the house and kevin is waking up in the house alone (laughs) i made my family disappear and then the realization that hits his face and he's excited i made my family disappear yeah totally the grinch smile the slow yeah the slow way on his face. I loved it. He even does the eyebrows, doesn't he? Totally <laughs> called eyebrows. And you know, I I went back and listened to our original episode on this, which that is painful. I'm yeah. sorry, painful. Anthony, that you did that to yourself. <laughs> but I don't I don't know if I had a change of heart or we've, or I was too harsh the first time or we've just covered so many bad movies with so many bad child actors since Home Alone. But you ragged on him as a bad actor. I ragged on him. And look, he's not the greatest actor, but no. what he's supposed to do, he's a cute kid. He fulfills everything he's supposed to do and I find him very endearing. So Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Huh. Although I did hear you in my head when I was watching it this time, and I'm like, I can't remember Anthony saying that he thought he was a bad actor, especially compared <laughs> to two. Because didn't we talk when we watched two? We were like, he's a much better actor in two than he is in one. Oh, he totally Which, is. Yeah, yeah, but he works. It works for me. Um, yep. He's adorable, though. So. <laughs> um, so Kevin McAllister is home alone and he does kind of the fun things you would sort of picture a kid this age would do if he was home alone. He watches the naughty movies and um, eats what he wants and goes through his brother's stuff, which is one of my favorite lines, has one of my favorite lines in the whole movie when he's going through Buzz's stuff and he sees Buzz's girlfriend's picture. And he goes, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and all of those felt realistic to me. Like that's what I would do if I was left home alone and I had a rough relationship with most of my family members, right? Like he's rebelling a little more too, because there's so much he hadn't been able to do. And then we have the real conflict in the movie. So we have these two low life, low level crooks that are in the neighborhood, this beautiful neighborhood during Christmas time, and they've paid attention, very good attention, to who is not in their homes for the Christmas vacation series. Joe Pesci went so far as dressing as a cop 
and introducing himself to the families to offer them police. To let them know their house would be watched. Uh, we should mention about these criminals, these two criminals. They do have a name for themselves. They're the Wet Bandits. And really, Wet. it's Harry's... No, yeah, I was going to say, Harry... Harv's name for them. Harry does not like the name Wet Bandits. He doesn't want a nickname. Although, in, in both movies, Marv is, is pushing to get, this, to get some nickname. Yeah, if Marv wants to brand them, because every great criminal has <laughs> has a name and a gimmick. So whenever they break into a house, he leaves the faucets on in this movie <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to flood the place. Cause he's... Which I do love at the end. The cops are like, oh, it's a good thing you did that because now we know every house you've hit. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> but they're so much fun to watch. So Joe Pesci is just Joe Pesci. That's all he is on the screen. He's this angry little man who, if it was not a G-rated or PG-rated movie, it would be, you know, his fricka fracken would be not fricka fracken <laughs> in any other movie. But um, Well, there were multiple times I had to reshoot scenes because he <laughs> kept slipping out uh, the real words he wanted to say. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he was a total method actor on set. He would not. He was not nice to Macaulay Culkin behind the scenes. He just kept his distance and was cold to him because he didn't want him to feel comfortable around him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also it worth noting again that uh, he was not the first choice for this role. Robert De Niro was, and it would have been a whole scarier movie if Robert De Niro <laughs> was this yeah. crook trying to break into this house. I think I would have liked it more with Robert De Niro, honestly. Really. I like Robert De Niro more. I think he's got a broader. I love De Niro. I think he's, he would be a broader character. Uh, Joe Pesci, like you said, is Joe Pesci. Yeah, that's I why I think Joe it Pesci works, though. Pesci, though. <laughs> I, I think him being short and angry works for. He's an angry elf. He is. He, I mean, he's an angry elf. <laughs> plus, um, plus it, it does make it less intimidating for a family movie versus. Five foot two Joe Pesci, who's barely taller than him. It does make right. a difference. Right. And the combo, I feel like, of Joe Pesci and, and Marv, you know, is, it's more, it, yeah, it's like it is, it is. Mutt and Jeff look. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Marv is played by Daniel Stern, who whose physical comedy is just so funny in this movie. He screams more than anybody. He has one of the best screen screams um, I've ever seen. What with yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking even into the second Home Alone, his screams are just. Oh, I thought you were referring to a specific scene, not just in general. Yeah, I would have to say my favorite screaming scene is where he gets electrocuted, but that's in two, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if I, if I would say the spider one then. In this Nothing one, beats the, the tarantula in any of those for me because that would be my reaction if there were a spider on my face. Where he couldn't actually scream when shooting the film? Yes, that would be uh, that because been he bad. didn't want to scare the tarantula. So he had to silently scream and dub it in afterwards. Oh, oh man. I don't know how he refrained because that's like. But he had life. a real spider on his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that takes some control. Kudos to Daniel Stern for that bit of acting. Um, 
I like the way they play off each other. Marv is a lot goofier. You know, uh, Harry takes his job very seriously. And so they, they work really well as a duo for me. Um, and you, you spend the bulk of the movie watching them get injured because Kevin McAllister has rigged up all these booby traps as they're coming through the house to try and avoid being caught by the criminals. And watching them get maimed is just good quality humor. You're as sadistic as Kevin. I was oh, about to great. say, maimed is a good word because those two would have been dead if this if Kevin did everything to them in real life that he did in this film. Yeah, Kevin McAllister was also must have been highly intelligent to figure out some of those riggings. I don't think your average what seven or eight year old be able to figure a lot of that stuff out. And that that by the way is one of my favorites you know, little montages in the film where he's getting the house battle ready, knowing they're going to break in. Yeah. I love that whole scene. Yeah. I love that scene too. And the music too. Also great music in that moment. Yeah. Great music everywhere, but yeah. It does. Is this on y'all's Christmas Canon music list at some, in some fashion or another? Absolutely. I think I need to make a, just like a Christmas score playlist. I have one. So as you can imagine, the movie ends with Kevin McAllister triumphant, right? He survives the crooks. And in the process, he finds himself as well. He realizes what <laughs> um, So he, while he was previously scared of the neighbor, he actually, as he's at church, also great music, the night before these crooks are coming, He's, he's sitting in the pew and old man Marley comes over and they start talking and old man Marley basically says, you know, family's important. He hasn't had this important part of his family for a really long time and it's really hard on him. And so that's when Kevin imparts wisdom as well, uncharacteristic for a seven or eight year old and says, you know, maybe you should give him another chance, give your son another chance. And he realizes at that point that he needs to fight for his house and, And you feel like part of that is connected to him fighting for his family. I just want to go back like five seconds when you mentioned he has the the church. That's where he connects with this old man. That rendition of Oh Holy Night is my, probably my favorite rendition of that song. That's like that version is on my playlist. It's It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then after that, when he sets off from the church to his house, that's also a really good Christmas music as well. Yep. We definitely have a Linus moment in this one. You could almost say that Marley has Linus moment Marley has well. a huge Linus moment. Uh, is it a Linus moment with the mom? I don't I know that I consider is. her. I don't know. Is it? She realizes I, family is what it's all about, but I don't know that she ever lost that. I think she was just angry and she feels bad for forgetting her son. I'm willing to say it is just because their reunion scene when she comes home is so sweet and gives me all the feels. And the way the house looks in the morning when she Mm -hmm. shows up, like Kevin had decorated the tree so beautifully and it's just this warm glow and it's snowing outside. Oh, it's like perfect. Mm -hmm. Is that what she has? Yes, it is. She also has the emotional scenes at the airport desks where she's just desperately trying to get home to her son. And, you know, it's Christmas. So yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, at each desk when, she, when she's in that airport, when she's at the next airport and she sees John Candy in the polka group, and when she's on the bus with the polka group, I mean, she really just reiterates <laughs> that scene where I, she'll I do, do anything to be with her. I do I feel bad for her. 
though. Like she does, she goes through all of this to get home, and then five minutes after she gets home, the family yeah, walks yeah, in because okay. they got a direct flight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Isn't that the way it would play out for mom, though, Julia? Don't you? It, doesn't that feel quintessentially like a mom experience for you? Yes, it does. <laughs> it does feel essentially like a mom experience, except I wouldn't forget my kid. So, favorite quotes and scenes in this movie. Do y'all have any? As far as scenes go, her in the back of the car interacting with John Candy, who's like just funny and gregarious, and she's totally spent and exhausted. Just that that dichotomy and that play off of each other is great. I like when he's playing that clarinet, and then he hands it to her to see if she wants to try. <laughs> it's just the most random thing ever. <laughs> Made me laugh. I liked it. It was good. I like the scene where Kevin's talking to uh, the Santa Claus who's just off duty and doesn't want to have to talk to one extra kid. Um, but he's like, yeah, okay, hurry it up. And, and Kevin's like, it's, I mean, it's a quote from our opening, right? I just want my family back. And uh, I just think that's a really sweet, cute little moment. It is a sweet, cute moment. Yeah, he says, will you please tell Santa that instead of presidents here, I just want my family back. No toys, nothing but Peter, Kate, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff, and my aunt and my cousins. And if he has time, my Uncle Frank, okay? <laughs> I'd leave Uncle Frank off of that request. <laughs> I like his prayer, the bless this highly nutritious microwave macaroni and cheese dinner and the people who sold it on sale, amen. <laughs> and he never eats it. He doesn't, he doesn't get even get to take a bite. He just gets right up and gets down to business. Yep. Uh, speaking of that, Ellie's got a new prayer she's learned at her new school. Yeah. It's a typical God is good, God is great, let us thank him for our food. And then she says, we love our bread, we love our butter, but most of all, we love each other. Oh, that's From sweet. Matilda. So Aww. now she says that all the time, but usually it's just, we love our bread, but most of all, we love each other. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to quotes. It's not a quote, but I love the scene where Kev, uh, Harry and Marv drive by at night and Kevin has all the lights on in the house and he's rigged it so his Michael, uh, his Michael Jordan billboard cut out, looks like a person dancing in the window and it looks like he's had this whole house party. Yep, and Kevin is doing exactly what Tom is doing on camera now. <laughs> Just shaking his arms back and forth like with the strings and... It's awesome. I think Kevin had a rather, what's the word I'm looking for? Enlightened statement for the crook. He says, you can mess with a lot of things, but you can't mess with kids on Christmas. Of course, we would be remiss if we neglected to talk about the movie. Angels, Angels with, with Filthy, filthy Souls. souls. <laughs> <laughs> By far my favorite Christmas movie. You, you like that one better than Angel, Angels with Even Filthier Souls? Did you guys think one. that was a real movie for a while? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah, I, I totally did. did. I love that I did it too. I love that they just filmed it, though, for... Uh... Just that scene. Yep. And uh, I didn't see the movie, but I did see on Twitter this movie, the Angels with Filthy Souls film, made a cameo in that uh, Detective Pikachu movie. I was just... That's funny. The... I have a quote. It's when... <laughs> Kate McAllister is talking to the ticket agent and she says, this is Christmas, the season of perpetual hope, and I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. If it costs me everything I own, if I have to sell my soul to the devil himself, I am going to get home to my son. If only she had that she's kind so of... She's so super scary in that scene. 
If only she had that kind of resolve when it came to not leaving her children when she traveled across country. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. She, the more I think about it, the more I think she had a plan to teach him a lesson. <laughs> well, I think it worked. <laughs> I did find it funny when they're looking for Kevin and Harry says, where'd he go? And Mara says, maybe he committed suicide. That's one of my favorite quotes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's so how is that something we would even think possible? Like, <laughs> okay, I love the scene with Kate and Kate and Gus, and Kate says to Gus, "Have you ever gone on vacation and left your child home?" And Gus is like, "No, no, but I did leave one at a funeral parlor once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awful. The wife was distraught, and we left a little tyke there in the funeral parlor all day, all day. You know, we went back at night, and apparently, I'd been alone all day with the corpse." He was okay, though. After two or three weeks, he came around and started talking again. And Kate's like, maybe you shouldn't talk about this. And Gus is like, well, you brought it up. (laughs) Donkey moment. I love it. Oh, I do like it when Kevin's going through Buzz's room and he sees the Playboy magazines and he goes, no clothes on anybody. Sickening. (laughs) I like on the plane when Kate is like how could we do this we forgot him and peter's like we didn't forget him we just miscounted and kate's like what kind of mother am i and then uncle frank is like if it makes you feel any better i forgot my reading glasses (laughs) (laughs) so terrible i like at the very end of the movie where we just hear buzz screaming kevin what did you do to my room I like I don't have the quote, but when he goes shopping for the for the bread and the milk and just a few things and the cashier is just so suspicious of him. Where are your parents? Can't tell you that. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers and you're a stranger. <laughs> we agree this passes the Linus test, right? We talked about that. Definitely. And it is a Christmas movie, not a movie set at Christmas. Proper. Yep. Did it um I'm curious, what would you rank it now? If we were to grade it now. Oh, I'd come in higher. So I gave it an eight last time. I think I'd do a nine. I think I would go from 8.5 to nine as well. It'll be nines across the board. Would you change yours, Anthony? No, I'd probably keep it around a nine. I'd definitely keep it at a nine. Maybe I'd go up like point something. It's not a 10, but. Yeah. It's no elf. No. And I can say that having watched both of them recently. Uh, Elf still gives me feels that this one doesn't. A lot of our listeners love this film, though. We got a lot of good feedback for this one. We did. I decided to to do some some slight trolling of them out of boredom on Reddit. (laughs) Tom, is there any time you'd never troll people? Mm, Not that I can think of. (laughs) I used to troll people who were becoming, who were joining our church. Really? Yeah, I was going to say, not even church. Yeah, once I got ordained, that had to stop. I mean, our listeners think it's great. It's a classic. Disco 54 brings up a good question. That place is a mess. Yes, it's pristine pretty much when they walk through the door. How does he clean up the house before they get back? Christmas magic, Disco. Christmas magic. (laughs) I mean, he didn't clean... Oh, and that rubber guy points it out. He didn't clean Buzz's room because Buzz does scream. What did you do to my room? Buzz didn't deserve to have his room cleaned. Yeah. I liked um, Johnny CID, maybe. I'm not sure. 
on Reddit. Um, I did like his comment about one of my favorite quotes where he says, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof, is a common refrain from my wife and I when something seems particularly out of place. I think I might have <laughs> <started> using that. <laughs> Work that into everyday discussions. <laughs> Don't use it when one of your kids brings home their first date. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not about home, home Alone in particular, but we did get a review on iTunes. Thank oh, you. We got a review this past uh, yesterday, actually, from Jolly Jazzy, who gave us five stars. And they wrote, this is an awesome podcast to binge listen to. It also brings back memories and moments from my favorite Christmas movies. Yay. Thanks. Thanks. And we also got feedback from Charlene who's been with us since the beginning. And uh, she wrote on Instagram, I love that y'all are doing this. It's fun to revisit these movies. I'll sometimes go back and listen to old episodes again. So this is like a bonus for me, LOL. Oh, we love you, Charlene. We really do. Well, if you want to contribute to the talk as well, we have a really awesome community of listeners and we really try and interact with our listeners as much as possible as well. So come talk to us. And there's a super easy way for you to find us on the interwebs um all you have to do is go to tisthepodcast.com backslash insert your social media here so backslash twitter backslash instagram um you can fill in all social medias there um we're on facebook reddit instagram twitter um so come and chat with us and give us your feedback as well on home alone you may have already given it to us way back when we covered it the first time but hey you can't hurt to give us your <laughs> feedback now watching it with some fresh eyes we're also on Patreon. You can visit us by going to tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon. And uh, we've got some Christmas in July swag going out to all of our patrons who are subscribing at, that, at those levels. So you can, there's still time. We have not finished, by we, I mean I, have not finished the swag. So get your Patreon on and don't miss out. And also, we just mentioned... Ju- uh, Jolly Jazzy gave us a review. We really appreciate the reviews on iTunes and Facebook and Podbean, wherever you find this podcast, because every new review helps new listeners find us, and you help us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. And you keep us from crying our eyes out on our giant pillows. <laughs> He'll be crying his eyes out on his giant pillow. <laughs> move! <laughs> move! Now! <laughs> and, uh... For those of you who signed up for our Secret Santa. Uh, we're doing it wrong. Are we? Yeah. You don't open your gift early and look at it. Right. A gift. No. Are, we told them on social media today to, whatever they get their gift, to post it on social media. Uh, we need to schedule a good time for everybody to get on and do a, everybody who did it, we can do a Zoom and everybody can open their gifts and we can reveal Secret Santas and make it more, a little more fun. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, that's fun. Make it tricky with time zones, though, right? Whoever can make it can make it. Yeah. Just make sure you try to get your stuff in the mail so you're the person you're buying for. (laughs) Right? You were going to say Secret Santa, but you were like, wait, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) So the person you're buying for can maybe have their gift by July 25th, which is Christmas in July. Yes. And what day of the week is what day of the week is that, y'all? It's a Thursday. Thursday. We want to do a night thing and invite everybody who uh, in, is involved in the Christmas in July swap and do a Zoom. Yeah, that'd be fun. Works for me. And for, for those of you not involved in the swap, 
we didn't forget you and you will have a special Christmas and July present dropping in your feeds on July 25th. It Please don't special. be excited. <laughs> Please don't be excited. <laughs> Any excitement you bring to the table will be, will leave you feeling very, will leave you wanton. Oh, that's just, I don't know. Somebody's going to like it. You know, <laughs> the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And Mary Steenburgen couldn't sing in that movie. That's true. So I used to, or I did, uh, record my own Christmas album for my family. I probably told you all this on the podcast. No. Uh, and, and gave it to everybody. Yeah, I don't remember this. Oh, I didn't? Sorry, I, I remember did, uh, your face on a gigantic pillow. Did that too. Yeah. Yeah, did that too. No, I uh, recorded a Christmas CD and... Like we went to my my mom's house and everybody was gathered around. I'm like, guys, I was, I, I'll take care of the music this morning. I want to do something really special. And I put it in, it's literally me sitting in front of a CD player with a microphone recording. <laughs> uh, and then it was an ongoing joke for years. I would leave it uh, like whenever I'd see my family or something, I would always leave it. I would leave a copy of the CD in their CD player in their car. <laughs> Okay, so maybe don't get excited about a Christmas in July gift, but you know what you can get excited about? What? What you should be excited about is that we only have 3,912 hours until Christmas. Only 163 days. Only 23 weeks. Less than a month until we're out of the 20s. (laughs) All right, do your homework and we will see you next week. So do your homework and watch The Santa Claus, the first one starring Tim Allen. And we will see y'all next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Keep the change, you filthy animal. (laughs) 